The Morning Struggle Podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. Hi, honey. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I feel like Tiny Tim. <laughs> I, got, I got my one crutch. Yep. And my boot on my ankle. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who can't telepathically know what's going on because we're on podcast and not yep. on YouTube. It's true. I, uh, I broke my ankle. So bad. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm on my crutches. Yeah. Me and like a dozen other middle school kids who break their ankles <laughs> during, during growth. So. It's been an adventure with you. It has been an adventure. But I'm having a hard time finding out where to put my coffee this morning. I know. It's amazing. When we did the posture one. Yeah. We use our hands so much. I'm going back and saying, yeah, okay, maybe it was waiting in the water that made us stand upright. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not able to use my hands, like, it is rough. I go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and I got in the middle of the grocery store and I went, well, I can't, I can't take anything. Like, I can't carry anything to the counter. This is, <laughs> this is impossible. That's where you get the little scooters. Oh, I should have gotten yeah, a, a scooters. scooter, a little jazzy. Mm-hmm. That would have been like the, and that would have been a legitimate reason to grab one. I didn't even think of that. No. Instead, I'm like trying to like organize like three things in my hands while I'm walking on my crutches and I'm falling down. And what's funny is that then for, I don't know the experience because I wasn't there. Right. But then you only brought home one item. One. I could only carry one item to the check stand. (laughs) And it would be really embarrassing for me to go into a store on crutches, walk around the store, pick up things, put them back and then walk out of the store. like. (laughs) That guy's in a bad mental state right now. So yeah. anyway, um, well, welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. Yes, welcome, guys. I'm uh, Husband Handsome Face. And I'm Jesse the Therapist. And we're bringing you successful habits or habits of successful people. Mm-hmm. And we're breaking them down and uh, implementing them. Yep. So let's get into today's episode <laughs> and stop pitying me. We're not pitying you. It's just I think people should pity me. And here's yeah. why. Because I You're am doing everything. Yeah. And you are a very difficult person to deal with when you're injured. I'm whiny. You're well. I mean, you're not so much whiny, but you want to whiny. be doing things. You're kind of whiny, but you want to be doing doing things. I know. And you'll if the start. Doc, if the doc's listening now, I had to get the miter saw out of our oh garage, but our miter saw is in like a loft oh, that requires so a ladder. So and I couldn't get the ladder. I was I not home. Out the ladder. I just want to say I was not home. So I backed up the truck, and then I got on top of the truck, yep. and then I pulled the miter saw off. And there was one point in time when I had like one finger on the truck saw so I could reach and then uh-huh. the miter saw in my right hand and then my broken ankle like off the side. I was like, this is the crux of the move. Like I am on <laughs> El Cap and this is the crux and I might go down. And if I do, I'll probably land on just my good ankle mm-hmm. and break that one. Right. It'll so be double. It'll be double. Here, here's the thing. That is the dumbest thing I have ever, ever heard anyone do ever. And I am so mad that you did that. And you did that specifically because I wasn't here. Yeah, I needed to get stuff done. I know, but you can just... 
wait. We, we do a whole podcast on how to be productive. And I'm sorry, my ankle is going to heal whether I'm sitting on the couch or I'm jet setting around the world. Yeah, okay. On that, uh-huh. it's going to take you longer if you re-injure it. Yeah, I agree with that one completely. That's yeah. why I'm 100% safe. Yes. I do a risk-benefit-reward. You're not. Yeah, I am. You're not All right, we're way off track. All right, so we're talk- <laughs> what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about handshakes. Handshakes. Yep, the, the use of hands Good old-fashioned handshakes. Yep. All right, so we're way, that was way long. On, I know, because I want I want people to shame you for that. Yeah. And be like, don't do that anymore. You will be injured for life. All right, well, listen, well, I'll start listening to my wife. Okay. But before I do, <laughs> let's talk about the history of handshakes. This day in history. All right, yeah. let's start it off with the Latin for handshake. Of course. I don't know why we would start anywhere else. There is no Latin for handshake. I couldn't what? find it. I couldn't really? find it. Yeah. So I'm going to break up too. So greeting, salutem, because that's what it is. It's a greeting, right? Right. Yeah. Salutem. Yeah. Manibus, which is grasp. So I'm not going to call it handshake anymore. I'm going to call it a greeting grasp. A greeting grasp. So that's all I got for, for the Let Latin. me give you a greeting grasp. Yeah. But on that note, it, it did kind of originate Greece before Rome. But yeah. Romans did do it. They did a cool handshake. And I want to bring the Roman handshake back. Okay. But let's get into handshake. And, and what is a handshake? It's a greeting. Yeah. Right? It's just a customary greeting. And people do it differently all over the world. The actual handshake, hand-to-hand combat, contact, is, combat. Combat <laughs> is really common now. And accepted oh, pretty yes, much everywhere that, in the yeah. world. But a lot of different people around the world have traditional greetings that are not handshakes. Okay. Like the Maori in New Zealand, mm-hmm. they do Eskimo kisses. Oh. Now, I wonder, did they do it before the Eskimos and the Eskimos copied? Are they copying oh, Eskimo what? kisses? Or so because they're isolated, those? did they start at the same time and people were destined for Eskimo kisses? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, when well, you rub your noses together, right? Yeah. And then they're like uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, men touch their shoulders. Like you touch the other oh, person's I can so- see that. shoulders. That's a nice thing, yeah. Um, hugs and kisses. You've seen like the European hug or the Middle Eastern hug and kiss. Right. Um, and then, but then like you're talking handshakes. Handshakes kind of came into being around the ninth century BC. Okay. And this is from History Channel. And they're always right because they play ancient aliens. So they, it has to be <laughs> accurate. Um, so That's true. That's yeah. very true. But so I'm guessing a handshake, an actual handshake is older than this, uh-huh. but there is a pictograph, like a, a, a relief, a drawing on yeah, the wall. Yeah, there's like been a timestamp. Yeah, on, a timestamp. Yeah. This is about 9th century BC, and this is kind of the, the earliest they could find. And this was an Assyrian king, um, Shalamanser Third. Mm. He was pressing, pressing flesh with a Babylonian ruler to like... Pressing flesh? They were handshaking. I know. It's, called, pressing... pre- it's called pressing the flesh. It is not called it that. It is 100% is called pressing the flesh. No, kind of it's short. not. Pressing the flesh. Th- that's wow. like when you're campaigning, you go out and you press the flesh. You hate, Ew, shake a bunch of I hands. I don't like that term. Oh my gosh. Gross. Anyway, so, um, but then like Homer, who was a, a Greek poet, yeah. he wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey. There's mentions of handshakes in those. Um, in a lot of gravestones, it talks, it shows like a, maybe a picture or a carving of a family member holding a hand of a, of the deceased or shaking the hand of the deceased. Aww. So it, it's been around. Um, then after Greece, you had Rome, mm-hmm. which is Latin. That's where, that's our Latin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they would do the cool handshake. They grab the forearm. So oh, they do forearm to forearm shake. Intense, yeah. It was an intense one, but they think the reason for that was they were trying to find hidden weapons in the other person's sleeve. That's what I was going to ask you because I, I thought it was a, a proof that you weren't 
you were disarmed. Yep. Yeah, it was so it was originally a, it was a, a peaceful greeting saying both people didn't have a weapon. Oh. That's that's what a handshake originally was, they they believe. And so then the Romans went even farther because they were sneaky. So they yep. said, well, I don't have any weapons, and I'm going to make sure that you don't have any hidden weapons up your sleeve. Hmm. And then knights in the Middle Ages would shake because they got like the big armor yeah. to try to dislodge any hidden weapons. Oh, no way. So it went from like a oh, hand grasp so to like a, like a forearm grasp to like a full-on shake. Oh. So. Um, well, what would be interesting is if you started off your like interaction with a pat down. Ooh, that would be cool. Like it's spread like, them. I mean, yeah, read your Miranda rights. <laughs> um, but then, the, so, but that was kind of like a, a warrior man to man kind of thing. Okay. But it became really commonplace in the 17th century with the Quakers. Oh, uh-huh. So they wanted to be super proper and they, they viewed a simple hand clasp as more egalitarian, which is refined. Mm. So, um, then she, they liked that more than bowing or tipping your hat. Um, and so it became commonplace in like the 1800s. There were even like etiquette manuals to yeah. like show you how to properly, properly shake a hand. Oh, I like that. Well, you got to think it's a, it's a different movement from other things. Yeah. It's like if you've never done a handshake, or you've never seen a handshake, like yeah. how do we do this? How do we do this? Because so, even people nowadays are really bad at handshaking. They really are. And this yeah. one, so this is from the Quaker one. It says, a gentleman who rudely presses the hand offered to him in salutation or too violently shakes it, ought never to have an opportunity to repeat his offense. Whoa. You get one shot, a good handshake, yep. and you're done, which is actually true. Like yeah. a job interview That's or true, first yeah. impression, you do a, a crummy handshake, like a dead fish handshake or a super violent handshake, and be like, <laughs> whoa, I am... Like, no, thank you. No, I don't want to shake hands with you yeah. ever again. But guess where the, the handshake is going? The future what? of handshakes. A body shake. A body... I don't a body know. Shake. Like just, just a shimmy. walk up and just shake it. Be like, oh, let me sh- body shake. Let me body shake you on this fine morn. Uh, no, the fist bump. Oh, yes. Fist bumps, yeah. fist bumps used to be um, for like cool kids yeah. and like rebels. And now everybody's doing even Trump fist bumps. Gross. Right? And people are saying, well, we do that because of germs. Because they don't want to. Well, that's what I was thinking. People are scared of germs now. Yeah, but I want to say, like, let's bring the handshake way back in then because it, it's essentially not saying, like, you're not armed, but it's essentially saying, I trust that you're clean enough for me to share germs with you. Oh, I like that. So I'm going to keep the handshake. I'm going to, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing fist bumps anymore. I if someone would, gives me a fist bump, and be like, I, I'm clean. Grab, grab their. I'm clean. <laughs> I'm going to give them a Maori Eskimo kiss, is what I'm going to do. <laughs> bring them in close, do the old nose to nose Eskimo kiss. And It'll call never it a day. Take off. It will it take will off. It will never take off. That is Cause people, amazing. Because you get the oxytocin release from skin-to-skin contact. Yes, yeah. And the skin on your nose is super sensitive. Right. So that person at first is like, whoa, what was that? But then and then they're going to walk away. They're going to walk away longingly and go, I really want another encounter with that gentleman who just gave me the Eskimo kiss. That's what's going to happen. That is that is weird, but science but sound. Yeah. Yep. So we, we like our science. Anyway, so that's the history of handshaking that's interesting pretty i mean pretty basic maybe Maybe. we maybe handshaked a lot before a long time before this we just never documented it so that's a good point yeah well and and i don't i don't fist bump do you fist bump people um the ems world there's a lot of there's a few fist bumpers Mm -hmm. or like the elbow tap like because you got your gloves on oh yeah so I, i can get that like your hands are dirty you just took them off you just you know cleaned them or you got your gloves on you do a little elbow tap or a fist bump and right. I get that because we're around 
pretty germy areas. Like legit germy yeah. things, yeah. But if I'm in an office or I'm in the station, mm-hmm. I should shake a hand. It just means that you know, I'm not a germaphobe and I'm pretty clean. Yeah. So well, that's interesting. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I got for history of handshake. Should we talk about the science of handshaking? Are you going to talk about oxytocin? Of course I am. And you can talk about cortisol? No cortisol this time. There is no way. Two episodes in a row with no cortisol. I know. Oh, I'm so sorry. All right. Well, let's, let's start talking about the science of handshakes. All right, you ready to throw down some science? Drop some knowledge on us. Okay. So, um, Dolkos and Dolkos from the University of Illinois um, does a lot of research on this kind of thing. On Are they handshakes. like twins? Nope, they're married. Oh, they're married. Yeah, they're married. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I like that. Um, they probably do Eskimo kisses. All right, let's they, see pro- they probably do do the Eskimo yeah. kisses. We should really incorporate that into our farewells. We should. If the people would are already sick of us, that would be that would just put us over the top. All right. So Dolkus and Dolkus. So you can imagine that there's a lot of research in handshakes because of business. Okay. So people, people consulting wanna... and they can get paid by businesses to or people to teach them how to do it properly. Yeah, how to actually do it. Because people actually don't do handshakes very well. Especially okay. now in this day and age, like you said, with the fist bump coming into play. Um, handshakes are slowly moving away and people are losing that skill. Same as like um, face-to-face communication. People have a hard time now making eye contact and all of that. And so by by doing this research, you can actually like get a manual, just the same as the Quakers, about how to actually interact with people. Makes sense. So um, what a handshake does is it reinforces positive feelings about that stranger. So if it's a stranger that you're shaking hands with, it's positive feeling feelings, and it reduces the potential for a negative impression. Okay. Yeah. And um, what ha- happens is the reward center of our brain, the nucle- nucleus accumbens, lights up during a handshake. And um, what this is, is it's anticipating a um, something that will produce pleasure. So this can be food, um, affectionate touch, not just like sexual touch, um, but it also incre- incorporates sexual touch um, and just things that make us happy. Okay. Social interaction, all of that. And that is oxytocin. Okay. Oxytocin gets released whenever we have skin to skin contact. Right. And, um, and... So th- that's what happens. We have our, our handshake. We get that oxytocin release. And that's why you're more likely, if it's a nice handshake, if you have a good feeling in that handshake, to have a positive positive regard for that person, even not even if you don't know anything about them. Oh, because it's like, it's like a mini sexual encounter. It's not like a mini <laughs> sexual encounter. That's what you're encounter. saying. No, <laughs> that's what, it, essentially what you're saying. No, because oxytocin gets released in all love. Oh, okay. It does. Right. Yeah. So, like, so. when babies are Mommy born. Babies. Okay. Yep. Um, but but oxytocin makes us feel more positive towards another person. Okay, that makes right? sense. Yeah. And so the stranger, knowing absolutely nothing about them, you set them up in a positive way if they have a good handshake that feels good to you. Right. Right. Because okay. then that sense. oxy, you have more of an oxytocin release than that. Okay. Because you're not as guarded if it's like a weird handshake or off-putting. You're probably not going to get that same release. You'll probably be more guarded. Right. Or if it's a good clean handshake, you're like. Nice to meet you. I'm going to go have a cigarette. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, honey. You know, I'm not, I'm going to drop, I'm not going to drop that. No, absolutely so. not. <laughs> All right, keep going. Okay. So the more oxytocin equals more positive emotions towards that person, which is more likely to do or um, give things to that person. So let's say that, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, let's say you're going in for a job interview 
and you give a good handshake, they're more likely to obviously give you a job, right? Well, or do things sense. or get yep. coffee for them or whatever it is. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, because I've already said that essentially you can know nothing about that person and that happens. But a good handshake essentially puts you on that that chemical response in their brain mm -hmm. for them to trust you, yep. for them to have a positive feeling towards you, mm -hmm. which if you're going to give someone a job, you'd much rather give your friend a job than a stranger a job. Mm -hmm. Good handshake bumps you out of that stranger zone. And people are picky about um, handshakes, by so the way. So it's not just one and done, like one kind and you're good. Do you have to like read the person? Well, so here here's the different kinds that have been researched and they, they have names and kind of what what they indicate for people. But as far as like, I want you to also consider, so man to man handshakes, man to woman handshakes, woman to man handshakes, they're all a little different. And so, um, yeah. And then each person has their individual ideas of what a good handshake is versus another. And, and there's a lot of countries where a woman has to offer the hand and a handshake first. Oh, really? Yeah. I read that oh, this morning as well. So, Well, and like the idea that a woman can't be firm in her handshake, I know is, is one of the things I came across, which I was like, that's ridiculous. that's ridiculous. But like, well, to have like that dead fish right? and where the man has to be the one to have all the of the firmness. The Victorian handshake where she puts her hand daintily out and he holds it and he like, twi like twirls it or shakes it a little bit or kisses it. What? The, oh, yeah, the, no, I've seen yeah, that. The damsel handshake. The damsel handshake. Yeah. yeah, that was not on my research list. But that's really interesting. I, I'm i going to do that one time. You should. You I'm going to put my hand times. out like that and I'm going to see if someone kisses it. Okay. Um, okay, so we have the glove. And the glove is where you like all encompass their hand. So it's like usually a double hand um, oh, hold. Okay. Okay. Um, not the forearm thing because the, the forearm thing seems to be like you don't go in for that out the gate because if you do that the first time around it's weird a lot of a lot of like politicians do that though gross they, they do the old forearm grab because i think it's a little bit more intimate oh is it uh-huh i don't know i would take that as domineering oh maybe yeah um but um the the forearm grab tends to be like bros gotcha or like con like comrades okay it seems to be that way but the glove is like the double hand so you have one hand on their actual hand their one palm, hand on the back side and then one on the like back side or into their forearm okay so if you know them then it's reassuring right like right. maybe even like you're picking them up or that kind of thing like there's like there's this um, almost like a hug extra emphasis without hugging them yeah okay. exactly yeah. um if you don't know them it's, if it's the first time that you've met them it's trapping them Oh, it is don't so, trap them. Don't trap them. Okay. And, and people that it not only does it not release um, oxytocin, but it hits that fight, flight, freeze cortisol, which releases cortisol. Yeah. I knew that makes happened. people that makes people kind of freak out a little bit. Okay. Okay. So unless like for some reason your family, that's a common norm to, to glove the hand during handshake. That is going to be alarming. Okay. Don't glove. Don't no glove. gloving. It's okay. bad news. Next one. The push pull. So that means there's lots of animation. Oh, this is not a shake forth. up and down. It's a push pull. Yeah. Well, well, the shake up and down. It's they call it a push pull, but it's just mo lots of movement. Okay. So, um, so it shows enthusiasm and excitement. Okay. Um, you have to match the other person in that interaction, or it is incredibly off putting. Makes sense. I mean, if that person's winging your hand around, and you're <laughs> like, uh, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a hey, soft bro. shaker, like. Or I might be like in a no shaker. I just put my hand out there and I gra I grasp and I'm done. Yeah. 
So I get it. Yeah. So y'all, y'all know those. Everybody knows those people. The over exaggerated yeah, shakers. Put that out there, and you're like, whoa, my like, tick-a, tick-a, tick-a. freaking my back is jarred now. <laughs> so okay, I have a back injury. Yeah. Um. No, but that it's yeah, and it can go all over the place. I've watched some really funny videos of people just going for the big handshake. Oh my goodness! Don't do that. Especially don't do that in like a interview type setting. Right. But some people do it out of anxiety. Yeah, I imagine. To be like, oh, I don't know my own strength at that point. Um, the crusher. Ooh, when you squeeze too hard. When you squeeze way too hard. And men tend to do this over women. Not not to women, but women don't do it as much as men. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, men tend to do it. And I don't know if it's like you don't know your own strength kind of a thing or if um, you tend to be more aggressive as a male or, or you're t- trying to demonstrate dominance. I don't really know. And I don't know because I've never participated in a man, man, man handshake. Like, is it like, are you guys, is there like a who's dominant thing? Is there any no. of that business? I don't think, it, I mean, maybe, maybe if you have two egocentric dudes, like trying to be socially proper and doing a handshake because they hate each other. Mm. But that doesn't happen like very often, but it's, it's not, a, it's, so it's not a, a dominant for me, at least it's not like a, I'm going to dominate over you, but it is definitely, I'm going to show you that I am strong because if we were to fight in the jungle, you might want to think twice before fighting me, Oh, but not so much that you're like, Hey, we're in the jungle. Let's fight. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, cause the one that I found, um, the can- Canadian, I want to say ambassador and it's not an ambassador. Prime minister. Prime minister. And Trump, when they were doing that, and the prime minister grabbed his hand and then brought him closer. Yeah. So there wasn't even any really shake, but there was like a, I'm going to dominate you in this situation. Yeah. Um, That's like a classic. Justin and Trudeau. He, he's beautiful. Wasn't he beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Good for Canada. Yeah. But, but the idea that people can see that as well. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it is like. I don't have to participate in that handshake to know that someone is demonstrating dominance in that one. Right. Um, so if you if you do do that, whether on purpose or not, you are are seen as overbearing and aggressive, which that might be your what you're it trying might be to what you're do going for, yeah, yeah. Um, but that you're not interested in a partnership. Yeah. Okay, I can see yeah. that. And so it's not like, hey, together, buddy, we're going to get this done. It's no, I I am the leader here. Right. Um, that kind of thing. So um, specifically. If a male does that to a female, it's incredibly off-putting. Sure, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and it can create almost like an anxiety around it. Right. Um, so that's bad news. Don't do that. Okay. Okay, and the next one is the wet noodle or the dead fish. The wet noodle or the dead fish is my, my least favorite one. It's really hard. Yeah. And this is most common in women. And I think it's, maybe we just don't teach women how to shake hands. I don't know. I, I don't think I have that. I, um, and, and kids naturally do this. Yeah, they just put their hand out. They put their hand out, maybe because they don't understand the motion. Well, because you can you can see that you yeah. see that you put your hand out, but the idea that you grasp their hand is a. So if it's not like an innate thing in kids, why do we start it and why do we do it? It's interesting to me. It's, to it's think, communicating between the yeah, other person, but it has to be learned. Yeah, it's a learned thing. It's not like yeah. a crazy. Okay, but yeah, like, di- like eye contact is one of those things we just kind of naturally pick up. Yeah, whereas a handshake we don't. Okay. Um, so if you have the wet noodle um, handshake, you are seen as passive and ready to submit to anything that they are trying to get you to do. Whoa. Yeah. So it's, don't wet noodle it. Don't wet noodle it. Don't dead fish it. Okay. Um, 
And it's incredibly off-putting if the other person is seeking a partnership. Okay. And the, and the the other person, the other person who's, re- I guess, receiving the dead fish um, is significantly less likely to give you or do anything for you. Okay. Makes sense. Like it's very, very passive. Yeah. So teach your kids how to actually handshake because it's, it's a big deal. And then the firm and confident, obviously, it shows that you're confident and ready for a partnership and has the most oxytocin release for both people. Okay. So there is one to do. Don't do any of the other ones. The other ones are terrible. The other ones are terrible. Just so the firm and firm, confident. confident with a few, like two to three maybe shakes. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see any research on that. It doesn't... It There's a lot of like reading the situation on those kind of things, like the enthusiastic, like wow, all over the place. Um, might work if you just won a championship. Right. But like if you are... And, and then people usually hug or do something like that. But like... An Eskimo kiss. An Eskimo kiss. Every time we won in hockey, I'd do an Eskimo kiss. Oh, to every teammate. It was every single yeah. one deserves it. That's right. Um, but yeah, so it it kind of reads the, and everybody kind of has their own handshake. And then like, also I, another interesting thing was that the heights of people mm-hmm. kind of depend on where. I mean, like if you um, are going to want to be a little more firm, not a crusher, but like a little more firm if they're taller than you, if it's a male female dynamic, depending on what the situation is. Like I, I work in a very female dominant, um, career path, but you work in a very male dominant career path. And so like, if I was entering your world, I would probably be a little firmer. And then if you came into my world, you'd probably want to be a little softer, Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's, um, reading the room, there is reading the room, but really that firm and confident, if you can kind of get to understand what that is, um, then you are more likely to have the most oxytocin release for you and for them, which means that they're more likely to do or um, give you things. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So oxytocin and cortisol. Big deal. I love it. All right. So should we, that's it for science? That's it for science. That's the science of handshakes. Uh, Let's get into coffee segment. Coffee segment. Let's do this. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake but the sleepiness still comes along and when it does it's fast and strong i end up with a bad case of the shakes so um coffee consumption okay okay so um people in helping professions and caretakers so like this is like Nurses, therapists, yeah, just helping professions in general. Um, they usually usually have their coffee basic cream and sugar. Oh, okay. Oh, the the type of coffee. We yeah, take. and then we're, I'm going to talk about who consumes the most. Okay. But um, but that's typically like if you're in a helping profession, you like so nothing fancy. What about black coffee? Is that? Oh, stand by. I'll oh, tell sorry. you. Um, because I'm just I'm going to go into the two. So okay. the the one the helping professions is like, um, cream. And sugar, just your basic cream and sugar. And I want to know if it's like, because that's what's provided to you. Probably. Like at the hospital, they're not going to have, well, they do have Starbucks at the U. But they yeah, don't but have... then you have to go downstairs and you have to go in. Like if you're on your floor, I, I mean, because I worked at St. Mark's mm-hmm. and we always had coffee going. Right. Just like the coffee. And yeah. so I, I'm, and the way to make that palatable because it's been sitting on that heater thing forever. And it's, it's cheap coffee and it doesn't yeah. taste great. So yeah. It's cream and sugar. It's cream like and you, sugar. You put that in okay. there and then you get through your night, right? Um, by the way, that was a bad idea for me to work nights. 
yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. But, you know, we're learning things. I learned a lot. I That's learned right. a lot during that time frame. Um, okay, so those are helping professions. And then guess who is the most likely to drink black coffee? Um, probably like Navy SEALs, firefighters, astronauts, <laughs> categorized in the same group. Yeah, perfect. Um, oh. Judges. Ju- attorneys. They're in, the, they're in the group. Okay, attorneys. And hotel workers. Oh. Yep. Why? I don't know. They just they just are. I do. I cannot tell you. I I don't have a reason for this. This is just what this research found. Okay. Most right. likely to drink black coffee. And then my big thing because I did all that research on the like the antisocial psychopath stuff. Uh-huh. Um, maybe judges, attorneys, and hotel workers are all psychopaths. Oh, because psychopaths drink black coffee? Yeah, they're more psychopaths are more likely. Did I not uh-uh. express this? Oh yeah. So so um, people with antisocial behaviors. Um, or, or personality tendencies, we'll, we'll call it. Cause you don't, it doesn't mean you're, you're a psychopath if you drink black coffee. Right. However, um, the way the taste buds are set up, they found that they like bitter things oh. like coffee, things that are sour. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you see a dude with a black cup of coffee and maybe a bag of Sour Patch Kids, you, you go across the street. You, you, you run across the other side of the street because he's going to get you. call your mom. Yeah, you call, you call your mom. mom so she can like listen to you well. Yeah. Um, we drink black coffee. Yes, we do. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe judges, attorneys, and hotel workers. I don't know what's going on there, but black coffee. Okay. Okay. Crazy. Now, if you were going to guess who consumes the most coffee, like the most coffee in the professional, like based and categorized in professions, I'm who would you guess? 7-Eleven workers. Because it's always I there. Know. It it's is always, always there. there. And they're and, working late shifts. And apparently they, the 7-Eleven coffee has the most caffeine. The most caffeine, yep. Which is, that's just, it's not palatable. You, It is. It's You've never had a cup of 7-Eleven. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> so who, who drinks the most coffee? Science and lab technicians. Oh, well, that makes sense. Those people are crazy. They'll pull like three-week binge lab sessions. They no, that's true, up. actually. Like scientists and lab techs. Yeah. Well, because like um, you, you read... Or you listen, we listen to a lot of audiobooks and people who like were on the edge of their discoveries, they like sleep in their offices. Yeah. Like it's, it is a big deal. I don't know how you're married to a scientist. Like well, it would not be very difficult. Because pro- they're excited to find their, their answer. But I, I found out from reading the, whatever book we were watching, the innovations book, mm-hmm. um, that they're worried that someone else is going to find it first yes. and publish it. And then all of their work for the last five or 10 years or whatever they've been yeah. doing is down the drain. So it's nothing but anxiety to get there right. first. And it's tedious work. Like yeah. it's, it's little things like you're running machines and yeah. yeah. So they consume the most coffee in total. That makes sense. Um, the second is first responders, EMS professionals, um, firefighters, police officers, EM- EMTs and dispatch. That makes sense because of our, our schedules and the anxiety right. and the stress. and Yeah. Well, your sleep cycles are already off. Yeah. And so you're more likely to have bad sleep patterns anyway. Right. And so you're less likely to feel rested. And so you're consuming a lot of coffee in that way. You're also in places that give you free coffee. So you're in like the, I know the fire station. I don't know how it works at your station actually, but I know that like if on yeah, the free ambulance. Yeah, just rains down from heaven, <laughs> just like everything else. <laughs> We no. buy. We have to buy coffee. We oh no, no, no! I coffee. know, but I mean, like on the ambulance, yeah. if we had a really hard morning or something, like we'd go to the fire station and they just always had coffee. Yeah, bought by the firefighters. I know. So you're Thank welcome. You guys. So no, we Thank you, we gentlemen. we don't get like free stuff. We have to buy our food and we we have to buy our coffee. No, I, well, that's but, what I'm saying. But, but it is a tradition for us to like always have a pot of coffee on. 
They're like every yeah, morning and even thing? in the afternoons a lot. I mean, you're going to have a, a, a nice pot of coffee. So if you ever go to the fire station, they'll have some coffee for you. Well, and here's here's the thing that I find is interesting. So different stations have different ideas of what coffee is. Because then you, you have some fire stations that have like this, just the hot plate version of coffee, like the drip coffee. Right. And then some have like, I'm, like, I'm assuming your station is like French press and there's like nope. fluffy. No, we really? We got the regular one. We do in the back corner have a French press and a Bialetti pot and... <laughs> An arrow press, but like those, are, res- those are, are reserved. Those are for reserved for late evening sessions of sitting around our fire discussing philosophy. Oh, I see. So I see how that works differently. Um, or watching Netflix, whatever we end up doing. It's, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, in the third place is marketing, PR, and editors. Okay. So, which also makes sense because there's a lot of like deadlines and getting stuff out and all of that makes sense. that goes in there. Uh, four is the healthcare professionals that are in the hospital. And yeah. this is very specific. So doctors, nurses, CNAs, MAs, all of that, they're actually not in office, the hospital. Not office because they're a nine to fivers. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the hospital, you're working shift work. You yeah. might work late at night. It makes, it makes sense. And I would assume it's very similar. I mean, cause when I work nights, um, I mean, we literally, we had like three drip coffee things and they were just always running like right. one cna was in charge of that and literally that's what they did all night so um it was a it was a lot it was a lot there and then number five is professors and teachers because it's cool there's no other reason for a teacher what to are do you that talking it's cool. about like i walk through the quad with my cup of coffee and i see the co-eds i'm like hey coming to the lecture today that's that's it that's not that's it how that works i'm assuming what i'm assuming is that there's like grading papers Oh, I guess those they do kind work of hard. Things. Yeah, I guess they do work. No, no, but I mean, like in all actuality, and it I, probably it, is cool because I have to say, when I was up at the U, I would specifically get coffee just to just to be a cool walk geek. around. Well, because yeah. that's what you do in college. But, but no, like after, because now I'm getting my master's. You obviously have your master's as a therapist, but um, we have to write like 20 page papers all the time. Yeah, and so if you're a professor and you've got a, a class of 20 people and every few weeks they got to turn in a 10 to 20 page paper that's a ton of reading yeah as a as a graduate professor even you, if you've got like a like a big lecture class and they have to turn in a five page paper you're reading hundreds of papers all the time right and not great so, papers because you know some of those good some of those papers are thrown together last minute and they're so probably so dry there's gonna be no the humor because they're all research it's the same thing there's gonna be the same mistakes oh man tedious awful yeah. Yeah. yeah but anyway okay well there it is there it is there's our coffee segment whoa we are running late today are we sorry we for those quick. of you who listen to us on your commute um and now you're sitting in the parking lot waiting to go in you're like tell your boss you're like i had to finish i had to finish because we podcast. love you we i had to learn you. how to shake hands but watch this and then they shake their boss's hand the, bo- like, the boss wow. has this huge oxytocin release and they're like, yes. and they're like wow you made my day raise and promotion whoa Yep. So, big deal. so thanks for sticking with sticking it out with us today. All right. So let's talk about action plan on how to properly shake that hand and probably some like finger exercises to get <laughs> to get ready no. built up. All right. Here we go. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Okay. So first, you need to assess your current handshake. Get yep. yourself a buddy. Get a, get a handshake buddy. Get a handshake buddy, and then have them like do it. Try to make it as natural as possible and have them correct you on it. 
Okay. Okay. And just be like, yeah, that's, that's not very firm or that's a dead fish or you grab my pinky weird. Like that's, those are things that you need to know. You need to practice the, this handshake with a partner or just like try to handshake people in the world that you're around. Um, and then um, try to try to get people to inform you of their insights. If they're strangers, don't ask them for their insights. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> like sir. Can you tell me where the bus station is? Handshake. How was my handshake on a scale of <laughs> one to ten? Is there anything you you'd like me to improve upon? No, but like if you if you have family members, sure. This is a great way to like do a handshake. Be like, okay, what was that like for you? And just kind of get some insights into that. Okay. And then put that handshake into play, and just be really cognizant of people's reactions to it so whether they were receptive whether they were just as firm as you and and be kind of judgy of other people's handshakes so you can kind of tell how you're feeling about whatever element they brought into that makes it sense. yeah okay yeah it's pretty simple it's, it's pretty basically simple. just get a buddy and handshake them what if you get so in your head with this handshake that you get like a hitch like a hitch in your swing like charles barkley yeah where you like you're going for the handshake and then your hand freezes up and then twitches and then like moves to the left real quick and then you can't even hit so th- that's why you want to have multiple handshake buddies okay. so that you can just kind of naturally do that. Okay. Right? Like we're just, instead of being like, okay, we're on our 50th handshake, let's go. Like that gets really odd. But like if you're like at a, I don't know, family reunion or something, you can be like, hey, I'm shaking hands today. And you're shaking hands. We'd all be like, hey, why are you hugging your family? You'd be like, I'm a handshaker now. Uh, I shake hands. You can explain it. I don't know your family structure, but just kind of like a kid who's about to go to a job interview should that's handshake everybody. Yeah. And that's an easy yeah. one to be like, hey, little Timmy, little tiny Tim is going to go for an interview. Everybody shake his hand. Let's give him some some practice. Yeah, exactly. Right, I like how sense. you're channeling tiny Tim is like your spirit animal. He is my spirit animal yeah. with the crutches. Yeah, but he died. He didn't die. In the one version, he died. No, he didn't. He got the goose. He got the goose. Well, yeah, at the at the at the perfect ending version, but like in the the bad version, he died. So I don't know why I would have. What's the bad version? When he goes back into the past and he and he's or in the future, I mean. But it, those were that was just a, a vision of if Scrooge was really mean the rest of his life, and he changed this whole point of the book. I know. Like he's good in the end. It was yeah. just a dream or a, a visual or vision or whatever it was. Hallucination. It yeah. was a hallucination. Wow, we are so t- tangent esque <laughs> this episode. I want you guys to channel your tiny Tim. Channel Get your tiny Channel in. your tiny Tim. God bless you, everyone. <laughs> Get out there. Get your handshakes done, and build a better you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>